Hey everybody, Jim Kerr here. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited about uh, this episode. I've got the world famous keynote speaker and coach Rashad Ahmed. He's he's just uh, an incredible uh, thought leader. He, he works to ignite transformation through holistic thinking, and he's got sort of a, a whole take on wisdom-driven leadership. And he wants to really help you and empower your organization to define sort of an inspired future. This all makes him the absolute right guest at the right time to delve into this question with me. Do you need to develop a keen intuition to be an exceptional leader? Join me in welcoming Rashad to the Indispensable Conversation. Welcome to the show, Rashad. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so glad to be here with you. Um, yeah, it's it's a real honor. We've been following each other on LinkedIn and loving your posts and loving your work. So it's a great honor. Yeah, I'm, the honor's all mine, Rashad. I'm a big fan of yours, too. And I, I love the fact that you and I can exchange ideas and thoughts out there in, in, in uh, LinkedIn. Let's, let's jump right in. Do you need to develop a keen intuition to be an exceptional leader? What do you think? I think, in, in my personal opinion, I think it's it's paramount that leaders have uh, everyone has some level of intuition, um, and, and to be a great leader, a lot of a lot of posts out there saying say to be a great leader you need this, and to be a great leader you need that, and it becomes a little cliche. So so I'm going to steer away from that and say to be a great leader. First of all, what is a great leader, and who are we talking about here? Because a lot of people um, use that as an a tagline, which of course it's necessary, but but for me, uh, anyone who decides to lead an organization or an individual or a family uh, requires uh, them to first of all uh, accept responsibility for that role and to be uh, acknowledging and aware of the pivotal and important role that they're playing. So that's my definition, the broad way of what you know what, what a good quality of, of of leaders should be. But intuition, we all have, and we use it all the time. Why it has become more important, if not essential, is during the information revolution that we're currently in with uh, artificial intelligence and various forms of um, information, data, or as the Americans say, data, <laughs> we say data, uh, there's an abundance available of data, data, yet sense-making is uh, rare these days. And I was just reading this uh, a wonderful paper on statistics and analyzing statistics and how we rely on statistics from a mathematician saying how statistics have to be used in correlation with tried and tested methodology and uh, constantly repeated and quantified uh, processes otherwise we get lost in it now intuition is simply a matter of you tapping into a, a higher wisdom a, a, a knowing within you and it's not some kind of spiritual thing you know and spiritual is great however intuition is it's interesting because you take the word intuition it's the inward knowledge the inner tuition that you have contained within you now how is that different from rational conceptual ideology information is that this intuition arises from various centers within our body mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. neuroscience and 
various fields of science have shown that just as there are neurons in the brain, there are neurons in the gut, there's neurons in our heart, and there's neurons in all sorts of places that they can't seem to understand why neurons are placed there because as far as we're concerned, neurons are meant for thinking. So then thinking should all happen in the brain. Yet there's, there's great discrepancy amongst professionals about where thoughts originate. Right? There's a whole wonderful examination of the question because till today no neuroscientist has ever opened a brain and found a thought. Yet right, we believe right. that thoughts happen in the brain. Well, let, let's let's get at that a little bit. I mean, my, my my take on that question about whether we need to develop a keen intuition to be exceptional is this. I, I, I think we can't solely rely on that. I think it's a necessary element of being an exceptional leader. But we also, you know, to your point, you've got to be able to um, weave that around data, thinking, effective communication, and those kinds of things to guide your decision. So, yeah, I think there is that sort of gut instinct that you are uh, alluding to that you fold into your decision-making process. And I think the folks that do that well and are more sensitive to that and incorporate it more deliberately are tending to make better decisions most of the time because they're folding in all these other elements that that contribute to to seeing a bigger set of possibilities so when they make a decision it's well thought out and considered which kind of leads me to the next question i'm, I'm really interested Rashad, in your take on this do, do or how do our personal values and ethical considerations influence our leadership intuition? Um, your your ethical considerations influencing your intuition. Could you? I don't understand exactly what you mean there. Yeah, well, I mean, my sense is personal values and ethics serve sort of as a moral compass, and they shape On I intuition. Think, yeah, I, I think they shape our leadership intuition because they're they're the foundation stones and uh, you know on which those intuit, intuitive types of uh, uh, preferences or understandings are based. So I think they have a really strong. Yeah, well, I suppose you have a different them. understanding of, of of intuition. To me, intuition is the inner sense of uh that does not rely on words there's no concepts there's no morality there's no uh in in my in my perception yeah. so it's very much of a deeper sense of awareness that indicates uh, to you without using words it's a it's a feeling it's a sensation and 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 those things are not really guided by external reference points which which i think what you're referring to maybe is more on um ethics and principles in in how you uh, how you guide your your leadership is that what you what you meaning? Well, I just feel like I guess it may be the chicken and egg thing. I'm not sure that we have like a natural intuition per se. I think we develop intuition through a collection of experiences, and I think some of the things that influence our intuition come from our moral compass, come from those values and ethics that we learn and and. Your intuition may be a lot different than mine on a specific question because of that. You know, right, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. My my take on the on on the topic is very much based on the individual in the environment. For instance, if we talk about this um, uh, 
wonderful example of uh, of seeing what I what my perception of the word intuition is is um, in the animal kingdom uh, there is this sense of knowing uh, about what to eat what not to eat if you look at apes you look at lions you look at all these animal species they have this inner knowing with, uh, within them uh, and and so in humans we have this ability if you look at the development of human beings and, and the various stages of evolution that we have within us what what we have that separates us is the neocortex and advanced processing abilities and you could say that the primitive brain or the amygdala is where your your intuition or your inner animal instinct is based from that that guides you so when you for example how how we how i use the word intuition is that you feel that you need to act a particular way but then something within your body not in your mind says i don't want to do that or or people say um it just doesn't feel right now that 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 in a in a sense is uh is is guided by natural processes within the body mm. and of course your past perceptions about events when it comes to gut reaction but the intuition and this higher knowledge that we all have is this thing called infinite intelligence that uh, people like Einstein and Newton and all discoverers Einstein spoke so much about this uh, and and Nikola Tesla was a, was a prime example of this uh, talking about how you have a sense a perception that's outside of rational thinking it does not make any common sense it's simply a hunch a feeling it was like how Newton discovered you know the, the laws uh, of thermodynamics in 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 its simplest forms it was that when he wasn't thinking when he wasn't rationalizing when he wasn't analyzing um these premonitions if you want to call it that uh, wow. in in that particular way it's that sense of here you have all this data information and you're trying to make sense of it and that's when you apply your rational thinking mm. but if, if you analyze uh you know i was speaking to a, a mathematician and i said do you know for a fact that all data has infinite possibilities so if you're trying to get to a conclusion and you're saying should we go left or should we go right and you put all of those variables into your system and you and you're trying to deduct which way should we go you would if you were doing justice to the exercise you would run on infinite possibilities if you had to take into account all the variables sure. so i said to him at the end of that time how does a scientist make a decision and he says you go with your gut so you see that you 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 do all your analysis and you do your, sure. you do all your mathematical calculations and reasonings and uh, everything that you've learned you apply that you don't discard that that's how you lead sure. but then there's that deeper sense of sense making and intuiting um for instance how someone is feeling sure. in a, in, in, a, in a staff uh, relationship kind of environment where you're having you could say employer and employee discussions Mm -hmm. on the one rational level there could be something that's being said but then something is felt by the leader in sensing that that the, the person the, the employee is actually talking about something else and they, and sure, they may sure. say i have a hunch here that maybe you're talking about something else and that now guides a deeper sense of and and some people call that the heart as well so it's this, sure, sure. this inner knowing this not um in any way uh sense making sense making yeah, I mean, is I, useful as well I, I feel, and, and you kind of hit on it too, I, I feel like, you know, there's a difference between instinct, 
like what you referenced in the animal kingdom. They have an instinct, you know. We have instincts. If someone's approaching us, you know, we're walking down a dark street, we might, you know, the hairs on the back of our necks may, may stand up and kind of warn us that there could be danger there, you know, etc. I think instinct's one thing, and I think it's separate and distinct from intuition. I think that the intuition uh, is formed, as I say, through a collection of experiences and all that. And, you know, you're reading body language in the example you use with the staff member. You might see that they're a little fidgety or uncomfortable in some way. And then you might say, well, gee, I sense that that didn't sit well with you. Help me understand why, you know, and we're reading body language. Someone else may see that same fidgety person and not pick up on those clues at all. And their intuition's not you know, sort of tuned into that kind of stuff. So they don't even recognize that there's this other thing going on. So I, I think it's a really, back to the leadership element of this, I think it's really uh, important for leaders to really focus on developing in their intuitive strengths just to make them better, just to improve as a leader, which, I don't know, it, it kind of gets me to the next question about if we shift to sort of the data side of decision-making and, and that whole process, as you were talking about just, just uh, a moment ago, and you see like you're collecting all this data and you're trying to decide and the data can bring you anywhere as you, as you know, but what, but what is that gut thing that leads you to decide one way or the other? You know, what, what how does that, those data-driven insights, contribute to you trusting your intuition uh yeah that's 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 a tricky one uh because intuition does not rely on on the data although intuition would be able to help you decide on what to do with the data so you could look at it and say uh for instance whatever the the, the case may be should i go left or should i go right in that particular mm -hmm. example and then uh, using something within you to sort of um, guide that decision based on rational frameworks and memories and conditioning and processes and systems, um, it, it, it's a sort of an extra sense that you can use. But putting your finger on it is impossible, right? Because it's not, it's not something that's going to arise. Neither is thought possible to put your finger on, even though we talk about you know, well, it's just a thought. Well, where is it? <laughs> so yeah, so right. you can't actually place it in it's the not environment. Physical. Yeah, it's yeah. not physical. And and because we, we're so complex as human beings, it's important to not overly re rely on just rational processes and right. looking at this world, the entire universe, as a rational construct that we uh, unfold. And, and, and as leaders... Uh, we have to rely on rational thinking because it's very much of a rational game. And we've, you know, higher and fire and people's lives depend on it. So we can't get all airy-fairy, if you want to call it that. And I think that's <laughs> a, a lot of misunderstanding of um, tapping in to deep sense of intuition uh, because it's not airy-fairy. In fact, it deeply guides you. If you look at 98% of all frequencies um, we talk about sight, we talk about sound, we talk about smells. They are happening in, in the unknown. We are not even aware of them because we have limited senses. So do they exist? You know, and, then, and then we talk about uh, an intuition. You have an intuitive hunch about something. The phone's going to ring from a loved one. Things like that. 
that mm-hmm. uh, that mainstream science uh, discards. However, they do have a validity within a framework. They do have use, and and I think for a leader to be in tune with all the faculties available at their disposal, you see, women generally have incredible intuition, and they have a real sense of what's going on behind the words. And and so I always rely on my wife, and I say, tell me what's your gut saying, you know, because I'm looking at all the facts, and I'm saying, okay, I want to buy this car, you know, or, or deal do business with this person as I had this, this situation now. And uh, she says, something about him, something about him, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and us men being very rational, uh, going, what are you talking about? What? You know, is it his nose? Is it his eyes? Or, <laughs> right, right. And, and we've got this sense. Now, you see, you could do two things. You could ignore that and say, well, it's not scientifically measurable and the data does not show it because that's what we do as leaders. We rely on, rely on the data, mm. which can really trap us because your wife may be, <laughs> in, in my example, may be hinting at something. And, and my daughter, my seven-year-old, has this ability to sense things. And I think if, if we're really honest with ourselves, especially men who are extremely reliant on rational processes and the rational mind, uh, would agree that when they tap into that inner voice and they sit in stillness and they just listen to what's going on inside their bodies, they feel really well. I think a lot of leaders fa- face overwhelm with the amount of information, the amount of pressure to make a decision and so much riding on it. Uh, you know, because I coach a lot of leaders, as you do as well, and, and you find this overwhelm, and I, I suggest to them. So they say, Richard, what should I do? And I said, well, you know, as a coach, I can guide you through the thoughts and the processes and take you through and get clarity. But then I say, what does your heart say? Now, in the, in the conventional domains, that's bullshit. You can't say that. You can't say, listen to your heart. But nobody's asking you to make a decision based purely on the heart. But I know every decision I've made throughout my journey as uh, through the decisions I've made, I've said, yes, I'm in, or no, I'm not. And, and I do that every time. And the more you tap into that voice, it guides you. you. know, Morgan Freeman did this wonderful video on this because, you know, with rational thinking and with an analytical deduction, I can convince you about anything I want. And you see the chaos in the world today. There's justification for all sorts of atrocities and all sorts of behaviors that should not be acceptable. But I can justify it to you. And I'd be right from my perspective. And that's where we can really fall short by solely relying on, on, on facts and figures, which are of primary importance. So it's not it's not discarding and, one or the other. But this is you, know, yeah, you can yeah. make them say whatever you want. Well, that's uh, the let's, thing. Yeah. Let, let's get at some of, of what you talked about there. I mean, it, you, you, you kind of hopped through a lot of the questions that I, I kind of prepared oh, okay. for our conversation today. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to play around with some of some of what you said, you know, so a, as a leader, you know, how do we encourage and facilitate the development of intuition among our team members? How do we help them, help help them to to really get better at this? Yeah, well, that's something that I, uh, I, I do a lot of, and it's really important. And so, because it comes from a personal journey of mine, being in leadership, being in business, you know, for over 20, 30 years now, uh, business and entrepreneurship, and then coaching corporates, and you, you, you ha- I had to go. I mean, I, I left. I went to study various techniques from from the East, and of course, you know, my 
Indian origins uh, made it a natural fit for me. And so I studied, especially spent a lot of time understanding the ancient text and then studying Zen. Now, studying Zen does not mean studying Zen because Zen actually means nothing. So, in fact, you, you don't get it. You don't get a PhD in Zen. Actually, there probably is. I'm sure Stanford found found a way of uh, monetizing that in some way, right? But the whole point is to 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 learn to trust your inner inner wisdom. So it's it's a wisdom to me. To me, the um, ancients talk about the third eye, which is located in your in your pineal gland. And when we know the pineal gland exists, except science says it's nothing nothing to do with the other realms. So it's through breathing techniques through um, uh, special times away in nature. For instance, when you when you spend time in nature, that develops as well. I teach a breathing technique. So between meetings, it's very important because, you know, a lot of leaders are these back-to-back -back Zoom calls as me and you are doing right now. We're hopping onto one and hopping onto the other. And I asked one of these leaders who's a VP of a large company, when do you have time to process all this information and sort of let it assimilate? And he says, oh, no, I keep very good notes. And I'm saying, no. I don't mean because that's what we've perfected the art of note taking. You see them, you know, gathering the notes and they and then you're sitting with a whole bunch of notes at the end of the day. But have you really engaged with conversations and really felt being connected? And I find if we don't do tap into this intuition, then we feel very disconnected. So the simple, simple answer to the question is there's many ways, but through the breath, through stillness, through sitting and turning off all distractions. And through nature and through children, those are wonderful avenues. And I forgot music. You know, Dr. Maria Vraka, who's a PhD in music, is on listening in. So I'm sure she'd be happy to hear that because music is a gateway into tapping into um, into that intuition as well. Yeah, oh. I mean, <laughs> 3,500 CDs and counting. Uh, yeah. Behind me, but yeah, you know, when I uh, work with the. Uh, my coaching clients, you know, I, I kind of help them to tr begin to trust their instincts more. And they'll ask, you know, how do I, how do I do that? And I, I say, well, you know, you got to create an environment, you know, first that allows you to take stuff in. You've got to experience stuff and you've got to make note of it. You need to put some uh, understanding on what you're taking in. And, and then you'll come to sort of value those diverse perspectives that you're getting, whether it's through conversation or reading or experiencing some event. I mean, going to a, a music concert gives you a bunch of, of, of different perspectives, perhaps, if you let your, yourself take that in and, and, and just absorb it. So I think there's a lot to be said for developing intuition by first consuming as much diverse kind of input as you can. And then I, to your point, I think you need time to reflect. You've got to be able to sort of just sit quietly and, and absolutely not think, just sort of relax and, and, and take that in so that it's there when you need it. So now when you get to that next, you know, tough decision and, you, and you've got all the facts and you're still not clear which way to go, you can let your gut take over and you can trust your gut. And, and that's how you develop that. And the more you do it and the more, more uh, successful you are in making good choices that way, the more you're going to trust it. And now you've got some power. Now you've got momentum. Yeah, you know, agreed, agreed. Let, let's go 
to another. I mean, we've got time for maybe a question or two more. I, I want to get at teamwork. You know, how do you see intuition helping a leader navigate team dynamics? There are many uh, <clears throat> practical applications to that. Uh, in, in just using some, uh, just thinking about some of the cases where I've done done you know exercises with that. So, on on the team dynamics, if you talk about communication uh, per se, it plays a huge part. But also in team meetings uh, and creativity sessions, intuition comes in very really 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 well when you're thinking what they call outside of the box, which I don't like the term, but we, we can use it as a <laughs> reference point as well. Um, right. You know, as coaches, one of the things we learn to do is to become extremely good listeners. And, you know, I've got seven coaches under me. And part of what I teach my coaches is that you, you need to disappear. You can't be coming with you there. You need to be coming entirely neutral and allow whatever's being said to be said as if though it's being said by you. Now, that's very difficult to do because there's the internal uh, um, perceptions and um, ego mind that wants to say, well, because the ego mind, everything is being said is being interpreted like, what does it mean to me? So if I say, you know, a bird fell out of the sky, your mind's going, oh, how does that affect me? Because that's what we do. Or you hear stories of someone got sick and the immediate thing the ego mind does says, oh, that could be me, right? Because it personalizes all of it. And that can be really tricky. So with the intuition, when, when you remove, you mentioned now as well early on, just basically clear the slate. I don't think you can ever stop thinking, but what you can do is clear the slate and allow everything to flow, which, is, which comes to meditation. Meditation awesome. is a beautiful practice, but misunderstood again. People think meditation means sit and not having any thoughts, which is not possible for any human being to do that I know of anywhere that I've met. So, but, but it is about becoming aware because the, re, the root word, the Greek word meditation means to become familiar with, to become familiar with yourself. So you know your machinery, your mechanisms, your biases, your judgments, and you're actively listening to the other team member. And this allows you to facilitate. So many of the times, I teach uh, leaders to go into a, a, a team discussion and say nothing, but be so receptive of everything, not processing rationally. Don't sit in there with your notepad going, okay, well, you know, uh, James said this and Rashad said that, and this is what it's actually being said. And it, when you tune into the, to the peripheral vision while you're in the, in, in, the, in the surroundings, and then you go process it later, you stop putting images together because the subconscious mind can process instructions or accept information and make sense of information at millions of times faster than your conscious mind and yeah. it's the same with thoughts because thoughts are linear you have one thought after another thought after another thought yeah. and if you look at vision vision does not work that way you don't see one thing at a time you don't hear one thing at a time right. and it's going back to what you mentioned and feeding in various kind of uh, sure. you know sensory inputs and when you do that from a peripheral uh, focus, you start getting a sense of what's actually going on. And then you ask such relevant questions as well. And I found that, you know, with my coaches have said that by tuning in to this inner, uh, inner, inner wisdom, you, you ask the right questions. You right, get to right. it. You, you, you'd, you'd skip the fluff because in, in general communication, you'd be like, Okay, so you're not happy. What are you not happy about? Okay, well, I need a salary. Okay, how much yeah, do you need yeah. for salaries? And you're going off the topic. And then the person says, well, I'm leaving the company. You're like, but we're still talking here, right? But, right, right, but right. Because, because you've sort of 
missed what they're trying to say through the body language because your brain, when you started processing, it's doing everything one step at a time. But when you take in the entire um, uh, situation, you're saying, hold on a second here. It's not about the salary, is it? And they'd be like, how did you know? That's that's that gut instinct, that intuition. And the more you trust it over time, uh, yeah, the better it develops. You know, it's critical, I, I believe, in, in to hone this uh, capability as a leader to help navigate team dynamics. I mean, it, it helps you understand where your team's coming from. Uh, if you're really good at it, you can detect emotions, you can detect underlying conflicts, and you can really tailor your leadership approach accordingly. Because we can't be one-trick ponies as leaders. We need a whole sort of palette of possibilities yep. and bring these yep. different uh, leadership styles to a particular situation. And it's, it really is situational. It depends on what you're working on and, and, the, and the players that are involved. So for me, it, it's a key thing. And I've, um, I always score high on these personality tests for intuition. You know, it's one of the things that I feel like I naturally do. And, and I've, I was sort of laughing as you were describing, um, the counsel that you give to your coaches so you really you know should should just be sitting there quietly and taking it all in and not letting your ego take over and and i do a fair amount of consulting so off of the coaching track but in the consulting room i'll I'll often sit you know in a client meeting and say nothing and then i get we get to, to sort of that you know last 15 minutes and i'll start to offer different ideas and suggestions on what I've heard. And the clients will come back afterwards and pull me aside and go, I was wondering like what was going on. You really weren't active. You said, well, I I need to get the lay of the land to help you. And you're hiring me as an objective third party, not to come in with my stuff, but to hear what you're trying to do and then offer ideas based on my experience. So it's really a power, in my opinion, a really powerful skill or, or aptitude to develop. And I do believe that it's in all of us. Our intuition is there. We often don't pay attention to it. We may even, our educational systems might beat it out of us, you know, yeah. uh, but, but it's there. And I think it can be an incredibly effective tool uh, for, uh, for leaders to, to develop. So look, we've come to the end. I want to thank you wholeheartedly, Rashad, for your time today. It was a great conversation. Do you have any last thoughts to leave with the audience before we say goodbye? Jim, it's been incredible. Thank you for, for the time and to, to the listeners as well for tuning in. Um, I would say in during the age of AI and the upcoming technological revolution, that is still very much progressing at a, at a rapid rate to really tune in to your inner wisdom and let that guide you in making sense of a world that is making less and less sense. If you look at what's going on today, nothing makes sense. But don't don't become despondent because part of the new age that we're going to be entering is a thing called reality apathy where you just don't give a crap anymore. And we need people to give a crap. We need people to care. We need people to love. And so it really requires us centering within and awakening the inner voice. Um, it's going to be very important, Jim. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you 100%. And and with that, you know, thank you for joining me today, Rashad. Our conversation was indispensable indeed. You're very welcome, Jim. <laughs>